Your orders are to capture them. You do understand that, don't you? They belong to us. I know that. I don't know if I can take them, though. How the hell did this happen in the first place? Hello and welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode Gundam Seed Destiny podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy. I'm Tyler. Dear God, why? My name is Zach. We're not that bad yet. This episode was worse than I remember, but we're not that bad yet. I mean, we're only on episode two. There's lots of room for improvement. You say that! Yeah, I didn't say in which direction we were improving. So the story (laughs) thus far is that there's a new angry boy, who's our new main character, Shin Asuka. His parents are dead also his sister i think he cares a lot more about her yeah his sister was animated like a main character his parents were animated like extras well i think it's partly that and partly his sister is the only one he maintains a real connection to they were collateral damage in the battle of orb which i still think is a really cool touch at the very least especially for that character's background so he became a refugee to zaft and joined the military he is now a red with his friends raise the barrel and <laughs> I definitely called him Raise the Barrel there. That's fine. That's basically his name. And Luna I Mario thought that was Hawk. on purpose. So. I always have liked Luna Mario, but every time I think about it, it's like, I like Luna Mario, but I think it's kind of along the lines of Pan. I like the idea of Luna Mario, but she never really gets to do anything. Kigali and her bodyguard, Atherin with Shades, went up to the planet. Alex Dino. Nope, we don't know that yet. That's this episode, because I was very disappointed that we didn't find out last episode, yeah, I remember. Currently, he's only introduced himself to anyone else as Mr. Witchshades. To try to put political pressure on new Zaft president, Durundal, but they don't have any leverage, so they failed. Meanwhile, some new druggies are jacking some new Gundams that the Zaft bros built. I'm pretty sure Kigali just rolled a, like, a one on her diplomacy check. No, she must not have rolled a one because they're not at war with Zaft, but she definitely failed her diplomacy check. Looking back on it again, we were criticizing her a lot, but she has no leverage here. She's basically been sent up here with nothing to make these demands. Yeah, I know. It's a symbolic gesture more than it is a gesture to actually do anything. Did anything else happen? Kira and Lacus aren't there. Um, Uh, Yeah, I was say Kira's currently being mopey on a beach somewhere, I guess. It's five o'clock somewhere. (laughs) Um, We have to deal with Fallout of Weird Girl this episode. Yeah, well, there's plenty more to come. So shall we just get into it? On this shot here at the beginning of this, is that a crashed ship in the background or yes. is that a weird mountain? It's a crashed ship. How is it staying up like that? It's very shallow water. Alternatively. Well, it's still settled. Physics. I don't know. Uh, it's not like a Disney attraction. Disneyland orb. So we get like a recap of the first sea of Gundam Seed. Of what's happened since Gundam Seed, basically. Yeah. And then we get some of that good old last time on. There were Matrix machine guns, Gundam Jacks, those cool Zakus we like so much. Yeah, those are pretty cool Zakus. Oh yeah, Atherin took Kigali and ran into one of the cool new Zakus, because he had to give one of those a test drive. Yeah, well, as I say, his pilot skill is way higher than his stealth skill. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's more important is to give it a test drive, because you always want to know what you're getting when you go out and buy something. Atherin gets his arm chopped off. And then one of the dumbest Gundams ever shows up in the Impulse. I was going to say the dual-wheeled Gundam. It very much is. Then we get the opening, which continues to be my favorite opening in a Gundam scene. But I don't know that we have anything more to say about it. There's no boot bounces. That's nice. <laughs> Just we wait. <laughs> I was actually going to say, I think they missed an opportunity to call this one Gundam Tree or Gundam Flower, maybe, because they planted the seed. That's true. But this is the grim darkness where there is only war. Always war. 
Oh, man. That red Zaku. Ah. That's, I love the Zakus. That's it, Lunamarius. Yeah, that's Lunamarius. Also, that kid's awkwardly low V-neck. Like, it's a V-neck all the way down to his belly button. I don't... What is that He shirt? wants to show off all his cleavage. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, because of the whole... The red Zaku thing, they always give Lunamaria... Or at least in the Gundam Dynasty Warriors games, they She's give Lunamaria... Oh, she gives... They give Lunamaria's... Sharzaku. Uh, Sharzaku. Whenever uh, she shows up, like, on the field, she just has Sharzaku as her assigned unit. No, that makes sense. I was going to say if her pilot ability was just speed boost or something. Whenever I was playing as her, because that's the, like the pilot I adopted, because like she doesn't have her own assigned Gundam in those, I always was playing the Tall Geese. Well, it's fun, and it's got a fun like Musa attack in it. So the armory got screwed up pretty bad. We see lots of flaming bunkers, basically. And then we see the dual-wield Gundam has one of those sweet Darth Maul lightsabers, but it's the sword strike style oversized beam sabers i don't care for this because their angle like it's not dual bladed on either side it's <laughs> either side has a lethal side and a non-lethal <laughs> side basically it looks really dumb you can only me. twirl it one direction and have it be lethal yes <laughs> i honestly always thought those were incredibly impractical weapons that even though too. they're cool as heck yeah i mean it's a natural extension from the gundam design and gundam seed but i think we start to see why they were kind of at their limits already Although, there are some I like in this series. And I do like that it carries its beam rifle and its shield into battle in this form, whereas the sword strike didn't. That is, like, to me, a major point in this machine's favor, because I like when they have options for like ranged mixed combat. arms. Yeah. Besides the Vulcans, because yes. the Vulcans are in a pretty ineffective. So Shin starts going to town, and Atherin is just standing there shocked as he's going crazy on the uh, other two Three. Gundams. I'm Three. wondering, like, why does Atherin look so shocked? Because it's another one, and where the hell did they get that? The thing that throws me off a little bit is the dude says, we have no data on this thing. It's like, doesn't Zaft have data on their own stuff? They stole Zaft's machines. Yeah, they didn't have the Wi-Fi password, though, so they can't get into Zaftopedia. <laughs> Apparently, I mean, you'd think that it would at least have a name of it for an identify code to tell other pilots what at it is, it's that it's friendly, friendly or something. Yeah, yeah, as opposed to, like, Object unknown. Well, clearly, it, it hasn't this been is your gear. Yet, so. well, yes, but it, the software package would probably be uh, uploaded because it's pretty close to being fielded. That's true. It, like, the, the ship is literally about to go on a shakedown cruise. Actually, like, that's what they're doing here. Turns that's out true. because these are prototype, they're actually running on very limited hardware. So they're, <laughs> <laughs> they're running on Windows 98. I actually, okay, so I always make fun of the super prototype meme, but having worked in a lot of, like, hardware prototypes in the last few years, it actually makes a lot of sense because we always put, like, all the awesome sensors and stuff on the first one. They're like, this is great. It costs way more money than we're willing no, to spend. See, the, How shitty can we make the, it? The super fancy prototype always made sense to me. In that respect, because, yeah, you're trying to get a contract, so you give them your best and, you know, this is the max we can do. And then they start saying, okay, take this out, this out, this out, this out, this out, this out, and this out so that we can afford it. And then, you're and in... then you get to the shitty mass production model. Yeah, so then you're stuck with a gym. Jim's um... <laughs> still pretty good. I like a gym. Yeah, me too, actually. I don't so much like a dagger. So the Gaia transforms into Baku mode and goes charging at the sword impulse, but it can split its swords in two. And I do really like the oh shit face that Stella pulls when she sees that. Yeah, well, I, I, get, I get more of a feeling that she gave him the oh shit face because he charged her, like he countercharged. Yeah, she's like, oh, I was not expecting to game a chicken here. And then Shin just throws his sword at her. Well, and he's I got another that. one. He's got two of them. I know, it's great. And Shin gets a response after he chucks the sword at him is, your orders are to capture them. Okay, number one, there's one of me. How the hell do you expect anybody to do that? Well, uh, And with what? Well, Arthur here is middle management, and as a professional middle manager, I can say 
telling people to do stuff you know they can't is most of the job. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, that's what it is. It's like, your orders are to capture them. You know that, right? Okay, there's one of me. There are three of them. How do you expect me to do that without taking some bits off? And that's basically what he says, too. Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, how did you dumbasses manage this in the first place? Which, again, as middle manager, I can attest is usually the response you get from the people below you doing the actual work. Stella, Stellara, Stella, Stella goes in for the rush again, swings her sword wildly like she has no idea what the heck she's doing and she's just like, block. It looks way more dramatic than it is. The captain gets up and is like, this is not the place for you to be questioning us. Focus on the battle. We have the briefing for a reason. (laughs) I love the like the shocked face of middle management guy. And I can't. Is it Marin? Yeah. Marin Hawk, like just sitting here like they're both staring at it like, um, okay. Angry Captain is angry, and she gets on the phone. I love that it's a literal phone. I mean, we had one on the Archangel as well, but this one, just something about it makes it look way well, more it's, phone-like. It's, it it's does, also yeah. because, like, they didn't use it a lot in Gundam Seed. Like, it was there, and they occasionally used it, but they also had as many times when they didn't use it. So she calls the people outside. It's like, hey, do you see a carrier out there? If they're trying to capture these, obviously, they'll be a carrier. And their response is basically, we know how to do our damn jobs. You don't need a woman to tell you. And then we that. see Nega Lauer Crusade. Negan Roanoke. We've been referring to him for <laughs> so long. NFR. He's checking his watch. I mean, I do like the black howitzer daggers that come in. I really like the cannon daggers we're going to see in a minute here. Isn't that these guys? <laughs> You'll see in a second. The, okay. I like these ones too. So I already know the spoiler about this, but I mean. Do we want to maintain the illusion for anyone listening along? I'm just going to say he sounds like he's a certain character. Yes, but. He even speaks like him. But Della's got the same voice actor as Flay, and the president has the same voice actor as Char, so there's a lot of that going around. Mostly, though, he has, like, his, I guess, diction is very similar to. Yes, but there's a very important reason he can't be that guy. That guy exploded. Because that guy is dead. And oh, we next saw... to his girlfriend, who would have spent all effort to get him back. That's her character to begin with. And if you're watching the standard one, we saw his helmet. It's so obvious when you know. But it can't be. <laughs> and also, they always treated Raul the Crusade like he was a person you should guess who he is. And there's really no way to. So he starts lowering up the missile launchers and says to deactivate the Mirage Collade as soon as they attack. And these are the ones I'm talking about. Oh, okay. The one that are basically gun cannons? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, it looks like the gun cannon. These designs look very Zeta Gundam and that they're old design with a bunch of bits crafted onto them. And a lot of the standard mech designs in this are very Zeta Gundam, and that's a very good aesthetic. The Zakus also look more like Hyzaks than Zakus, which are the Zeta Gundam equivalent. And so I actually like a lot of the grunts in this series. One of the things I do kind of like is that we do see people making good use of the Mirage Colloid stuff that we got in the first. Yeah, it's uh, a good callback. Gundam series, especially because like that one, they never really got to use it. So seeing people use it here is kind of an interesting idea, yeah, especially putting, because it's for a full sized warship. Yeah, I'm putting out a battleship that can display mobile suits makes a lot of sense, too. It kind of makes it into a uh, Blackwater sub and space subs are cool. How's it go in uh, in space battleship Yamato? Yeah, there's just a space sub. It's just it's it's an extra dimensional space, so it has to stick out its uh, um, periscope <laughs> into regular space. It's super good. <laughs> Only reason why I know about that is because of Super Robot Wars V. There's an entire like sequence. Well, it's an entire episode of Yamato. So it appears out of nowhere and takes out a battleship. 
A Nazca class. And it also has no IFF, which again makes sense if this is a stealth ship they want to deny. Although, as you put it out in the last episode, they are all in Earth Force's uniforms. So, yeah, if they get caught. There's not a good way to deny it. Yeah, so it's like, they're all in Earth Force's uniforms, so if they get caught, there's no denying that it's theirs. But since it's um got the no IFF, it's not like proclaiming it. And in all honesty, if they got captured, you know, Blackwater Navy anyway, you'd probably all be dead. True. If they got to the point where they got captured, it wouldn't make much of a difference. So they go and launch some cannon daggers. I like how Neo Rono is like, now don't get hit. That'd be bad. <laughs> yeah, again, he has a personality that's kind of like someone we know, huh? Kind of cavalier. So is that a high man- maneuverability gin with them? Yeah, it is. There's so the apparently the quality of Zaf's soldiers has gone down considerably because they launch a few gyms and they get the shit kicked out of them. To be fair, the gyms were not matches for daggers before, and these are new model daggers, so... And they haven't been in a war as long. I do like that we get those two, like, black-clad gyms with the big bazookas just in the dock taking out ships as they're coming out. I do like also that they really, nod at each I, other before well, doing that. Assault. That actually makes a lot of sense because you don't want to give, radio. you don't want to use a radio and yeah. you can use that because they're, they're human shaped. So you could use semaphore hand signals or just nods to tell each other when you're ready to move. Like human like body language with yeah, you your can giant use, space mech. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about accidentally giving it away. I really like the idea. Like, this part I like about this whole thing, because this seems like it's actually a good plan and everything to screw people up. Yeah, no, this whole thing, like, attack all those ships in this hangar, and, like, all this is going exceptionally well. It's really just the raiders that throw me off that I think is really stupid, but... So, anyway, everybody notices the attack on the harbor, presumably because of shockwaves from it, and Atherin has some flashbacks to Orb, which makes sense. And this is, I think, pretty intentionally mirroring that. Yeah. Shin gets attacked by the Gaia (laughs) in Bakumoda and says, this wasn't in our training. (laughs) What? (laughs) I I think he means the whole situation, like fighting in a... In a colony? Well, in a military base specifically, um, without backup. And without being able to use lethal force. And also, it's a bad situation. I guess. Anyway, apparently attacking the harbor was the sign for them to get out of there. And Newell is like, hey, the bus is going to leave without us. He's like, shut up. I know what I'm doing. And he goes crazy about, like, they were told us there were only three of them. To be fair, everything else in their plan is going right, so. And we know that the druggies, with the somewhat exception of Sting, are very prone to emotional outburst. Well, even Elle doesn't seem like he's particularly prone to it. Less so than Stella, for sure, but he's still, like, throwing a tantrum here. I never really got the feeling of it was a tantrum. It's more a matter of, like, this has gone wrong and we need to get out of here or else they're going to literally leave us behind. This is a bad situation, like you said. We got to get clear. We don't have the time for this. So the Chaos and Abyss do a cool combo move where the Chaos screens the Abyss to let it shoot its big laser. The Chaos also has foot beam sabers, which I do kind of like, as silly as they are. I was going to say the Justice had those. I yes. listened to them. And by the Justice, I think I had the Aegis. The Aegis did have so Shin is now actually losing because it's three against one. And he's not Kira or Atherin. But Atherin decides to go in for the save. Well, I mean, all he needs to do is buy Shin a little bit of time to get his feet under him again. True. And so he body checks Owl's... What, which one is this? The Forbidden? That's the Abyss. The Abyss, right. The Forbidden was from last forbidden, season. Forbidden, right. For, I, I got him confused. And then he does a cool beam tomahawk chuck, which is one of the coolest bits about the beam tomahawk. And I can do it. Does it get stuck in the uh, yep. the, the guy's shield? <laughs> I, I I couldn't remember if it actually got stuck. I I think that's really cool. 
And then he blows, like, the Zaku Atherin's driving's, like, shield off and knocks it into a wall, knocking Kigali unconscious. Well, because she's not strapped in anywhere. No. This is definitely not meant to seat two. And Atherin's like, all right, Shin, I did my part. You're on your own now. He's, he's literally out of armaments. Like, maybe he's got a grenade on there. But well, he's yeah, got I was going to say Zaku he, Cracker. He's got a punch, but that's about it. Uh, if I recall, the punch was actually a really good combo into basically all yeah, the grenade Yeah, but you need, your, you need your other arm. I guess maybe if you just mash light punch, you don't get all that good combo damage. And he already has his Heat Hawk gone, so. Yeah. I guess he could jump jet knee someone. Also, and Zaf continues sending Dins and Jins to this fight that just all immediately explode when the well, druggies turn to them. I mean, they need something to job for them because they haven't displayed these things to be badass enough. I do like that occasionally just support fire will come in for a second though and distract them. And Shin actually takes advantage of it, just not well enough. Well, he's in this situation where it's still three against one in effect. And he's kind of got the wrong pack for it. Like, he's got not a heavy pack, but one that's not as mobile, and they keep just, like, dodging around his strikes. That's because they can't die in the first episode. I guess second episode now, but... <laughs> anyway, back to the two Zaku that are covered in rocks. They finally get enough off rays that he can get into the cockpit, and they're like, Hey, uh, we don't know how damaged it is, so be careful. Well, before that, we saw, I think it was Luna Mario just yelling, just get enough debris off it so that I can get the cockpit open. Well, yeah, yep. and that's what Ray does. He just looks over at Luna Mario's and just brushes it off. <laughs> just moves a girder. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to use my giant robot suit to do giant robot things. So these two are now going, seem to be uh, likely to join the fray. Meanwhile, Durundal is over, like, near a triage area, basically, being like, hey, give me a sit rep. I need to know what's going on. But his bodyguards are trying to evacuate him because it's so dangerous. They find out poisonous gases have been released in the colony, which I assume is not an attack, but a side effect of this being Yeah, I was going to say something breached containment that yeah. shouldn't have. I mean, it, it could be a, any number of things, like, because given the damage, it could just be like a CO2 scrubber or something yeah, like that got thinking. damaged. So anyway, he's like, I can't abandon this. I don't even know what's going on. He's like, well, at least get on the Minerva, okay? I mean, at the same time, going back and thinking more about the poisonous gases thing, it could also just end up being a false positive, because I don't think we ever hear about it again. We do. Well, we don't hear about it again. There is a thing that I think uh, is a result of it. I do love his expression when he looks over at the Minerva. Like, he's so disgusted and upset at it. Like, we talked a lot about Flayface and all that in, in the original series. They actually did set aside some animation to animate Durundle's face there. We get a bunch of Stella later, too. I just don't so much like Stella's facial expressions, but I can't say they're drawn bad. So anyway, the three Gundams are taking the fight to the air as they try to escape. And Shin's like, how did someone screw up this badly that I have to be doing this? He's got those cool beam boomerangs, too. There's a pretty cool, although I don't know how the physics of it works, shot. Doesn't matter, it's cool. It is cool, where the Abyss shoots its, like, shotgun lasers at it, and he just swings the sword in front of him to deflect them. Into some nice collateral damage. What I've always seen here is, like, he blocks it with the shield. Yeah, it looks like the shield. And, like, he defends himself against the one that actually would hit him. Yeah, And all the other other ones, because it's in an array, they're the ones that are just, like, they're not really aimed at him. That makes more sense. It looked to me like it scattered off the shield. Yeah. Well, I I mean, they always look like they're giving that scatter effect. But if you also look at that scene again... There are also a bunch of lasers that are going past yeah, the that, Gundam. Yeah, that's probably what's actually happening. And I guess Seed is the one where you can Star Wars-style deflect beams with beam sabers, which is not normally a Gundam thing, but we did see that in Gundam Seed, so I guess that actually does make sense. Anyway, the Abyss goes in for the kill, but the Zakus are here! Gun first. <laughs> Two guns first. God damn, I love these Zaku designs. They're, They're super so good. good. 
I don't like Raze as much, but I think that's because he's got the, the dual shields and I really like the offset one shield that the Zakus have, or most of the other Zakus have. So now it's three on three and the druggies really have to retreat, but they basically feel like they have to go through Shin to do that. Well, it's more of like Stella specifically thinks she needs to kill Shin in order to get away because she's zeroed in on him. She's like super focused to a really unhealthy degree. Until Alu is like, oh, I guess you'll just have to die here, which gives her like that negative photo effect. And I take it it's like a Manchurian candidate code word, which does kind of make sense given A, how the previous druggies worked out for the Earth Federation and how prone to she goes, outbursts these guys are. But well, it seems like she's the only one that actually has one of these. And she goes into like full blown super mentally unstable compared to the others. So yeah, she goes into full blown panic mode and just outright flees. Well, she freezes up first, and Sting is like, "Why did you do that?" The other guy's got a point. She wasn't going to stop. Like that was the only way to get her to go. Like it was either say that or they were going to be having to leave her behind. And then she has a panic attack and bails. And Shin's like, "Oh crap! I can't let those guys get away." But as they pursue, the jet on Lunamari Zaka explodes, and she starts to Presumably fall. because of damage from earlier. Yeah. I do regret that Lunamari is the one that has to fall back, but they did already kind of set up that the damage to the Zakus was uncertain. And she needs to be on the ship for the relationships they want to set up, and Ray needs to be outside, so. Mm-hmm. So we, we see, like, the triage thing going on, and I, I like the shot because you see a lot of the triage and injured people, and then Atherin Zaku landing behind them. I like that it, like, goes to Ascension for a second, which right? I, it's just like it's rest mode, but still. And anyway, Atherin sees the rundle on his camera, and Kigali starts to stir, which is good. It means despite the blood and how bad it looked, it's not lethal, at least. Which like, he probably already checked, but... I mean, he should know basic first aid, at least. And he tries to apologize. I assume his I-have-to-save-lives instincts were kicking in. Since Shin was pretty down. And he decides to follow the rundle. Well, I mean, after a fashion, it does kind of make sense. Because you don't know how bad it's still going to be around the area you're in. Yeah. I saw, like, a random sword. I assume that was a Jin sword. Yeah, I was going to say, the Jin's carried those, right? Yeah. Meanwhile, the or I'm just going to use the name, the Gertie Lao, which is the name of the Earth Federation ship, is ripping through the Nazca what, what is The Gertie Lao? Na- yep. It's, it says that dumb. on one of the consoles. What is that name? Uh, maybe it Wh- sounds cool in Japanese. It's got a very similar look to the Archangel. It's more compact. It's kind of fatter and very similar armaments as well. No low end grin, but it's got the same missile loadout. So Neo asks if his druggies have breached the colony yet, but there's no word from them yet. And his co-captain is talking about how the longer they're in there, the worse it gets. So there's probably a decent chance they've failed. Uh, and he's like, well, if I thought they'd fail, I wouldn't have sent them out anyway. But I'm going to go watch in my unit to buy us some more time. You take command, because I'm one of them battle commanders. The Exus. Yep, we're about to see the Exus. So we start getting some displays of what the other, well, of what the, uh, is it the Chaos? Or no, the, the Chaos has got the funnels. We the, the, the Chaos, chaos does its funnels. Uh, funnels and all that, which we haven't gotten to see yet. We've seen the other two doing their thing. So Ray goes full. We have to chase them down and catch them. Yeah, if they get out of the colony, that's pretty much a loss. So they brought up the gases again. Yep. On the Minerva, there's a level four evacuation for the plant. Middle manager's like, but what if they get away? That would be a paperwork nightmare. And so Luna Maria lands her Zaku on board the Minerva, and Durundle and his group are looking very determined as they head towards the It's the mostly just Durundle who's looking determined, but yes. And the Exus launch is. Imagine if you wanted to make just a sleeker version of the Mobius Zero. That's what the Exus is. It's got a sleeker red paint job. It's got, it's got twin cannons. Funnels. Yeah, with twin guns on them. 
It doesn't look bad, but it just looks like a sleeker Mobius. Well, I meant more of, un, un, unlike the Mobius Zero's single underslung cannon, it's got two guns on the sides. Yeah, and they're also beams instead of... Uh, Shells. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Ray's the Barrel gets a new type flash inside the colony. He's like, huh, that was weird. That's awfully early in the series for that. That's about the same time as Gundam Seed. It is. Actually, I said that and then immediately realized that. So anyway, Durandal shows up on the bridge of the Minerva. It's like, please someone tell me what's going on. Everybody on board the Minerva is surprised. Yes. Meanwhile, the druggies are trying to blast a hole in the side of the colony so they can escape. And Shin is trying to stop them. I guess Ray is there too. So are these like just batarains that he's yeah. throwing all the time? Yeah, the Sword Strike had those as well. And the Justice. Ha. Huh. I don't remember them ever. They did. They just didn't use them very often because they didn't use the Sword Strike very often. And Shin calls for the Force Silhouette. And Gladys, the captain, approves, and she turns to her boss, the president, and is like, there's no reason to keep a secret anymore, right? He just kind of shrugs, like, you're the boss. I'm on your ship, lady. Hey, the Vulcans were actually useful as anti-missile fire. We see that fairly often. That is my favorite use for them. They're AMS weapons. And also anti-infantry. There's just not a lot of infantry in Gundam. So we get a nice long launch sequence for the Force Silhouette since it's the first time. We get a sweet loading tube shot. (sighs) It gets its own special catapult that's smaller. It passes by Atherin, who just is, like, looking up. Kigali looks stoned, which is probably just because she's recovering from her injury. Yeah, so she, she did have a mild She's concussion. probably concussed. Wow, that is a hideous waste of taxpayer dollars flying away. <laughs> Meanwhile, Stella is engaged in a perpetual <laughs> war against the wall of I the I actually colony. really like that she has to just sit there and shoot it, like, 20 times. Well, I mean, it makes a lot of sense, because it's, it, it's a wall. It should be really durable on the space colony you shouldn't be able to just accidentally get through it there's a shot of the chaos charging the sword impulse that i like in theory where it swings down its big sword and it gets snapped in two but i don't really feel like we see how that happens i do like the shot especially as part of the sword flies towards the camera i mean if it had been implied that the thing was running out of juice and therefore it had lost a lot of like the beam edge of it it would make a lot more sense but you're right it looks like there should like a be a cross beam saber cut or something there so anyway ray tries to cover basically while shin changes his backpack so they explain how that staff holds up to beam sabers which staff i don't know which the one is. the one that's on the uh the crab the one with the side. oh and I, I assume you just put the stuff that you put on shields on it okay and the beam coating that's that's 100 head cannon but that's so, just, so the force silhouette is the strike silhouette that that is literally what it is it's, it's bluer and it has a weird thing with the shield where the shield expands and i to this day do not know how that works or why that or anything I, about that it's definitely my least favorite of the impulses modes also man those g-forces that he'd have by dodging like that the like quick up and down burst it's at least a good showing of the maneuverability of the impulse and how similar it is to the ale strike, like we just said. And the shield does seem uh, like, since it's bigger, it can take more stuff. And he uses it to check uh, the chaos. And there looks like a lightning effect, but I'm not sure if we're just supposed to see that. Like, as, is like, it a... dramatic or is it an actual thing that happened? Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. And he keeps going after Stella, now more mobile and more able to just swing at her. But the Abyss finally gets a good shot on the wall, and it's got bigger cannons, so presumably it can... Well, the the Gaia's thing is mobility, not firepower, whereas the other two have a lot more firepower that they can use. So I assume he just finally rolled high enough to get over the walls of DC. Well, (laughs) it's one of those things they finally knocked out all the HP it had to punch a hole in the wall, because it goes from being perfectly pristine to big hole in wall after one shot. We immediately see the decompression, so that probably helps with making a nice big hole. Yep. And I like that the chaos just like floats out like later suckers, uh, <laughs> whereas the chaos and abyss have to fly towards it. And 
the impulse and Zaku are resisting at first before Shin realizes we're basically just showing our back to them and they're getting away with this. So I might as well pursue. Well, Shin goes out at like after him and Ray's like, I got to go with my wingman. Yeah. God damn it. Yes, exactly. Whereas middle management's like, they're overextending a little bit. And Marin's like, also the impulse is out of power. Just about. 300 left at the most. Whatever the hell that means. It's 300 Jules. gigawatts. I, honestly, it's, it would it's, make... it's 300 Isaacs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it would make a lot more sense if it was like three minutes or th- 180 seconds or something like that left. Sure, but I don't think they want to commit to a time frame. They just want no. to show that it's low. Gladys says that we can't lose the impulse as well and makes a decision to launch the Minerva. Right as Atherin lands in the launch bay. Luna Mari is talking to all the mechanics about fixing her Zaku, presumably. Like, hey, who are those two schlucks who are definitely not in uniform? <laughs> One of the officers pulls out a, like, submachine gun. Luna Mari is just like, give me that. It's the same kind of, like, sidearm that Atherin had. Well, I like how she takes it from him to do exactly what he was going to do. <laughs> like, I am a main character. I will hold these people up. <laughs> so Atherin immediately gets in front of Kigali. Which well, is he is the shot. bodyguard. Yeah. And then we get the uh, some more battleship chant. FCS contact. I have no idea. Ford control system. I do like projectiles to grade one. That is probably 420 I'm, millimeter. So uh, I think that, I, I think that was four, I don't think that was 420 millimeter on the uh, on the projectile secondary armament. I think it was 42 millimeters. <laughs> it looked like 420 to me. But me too. But I wasn't looking that close. So Minerva's like, hey, Mr. President, get off the ship. And he's like, nah, I can't wait for a report. I got to see this through. I am technically probably the head of the military. I assume that's how Zaft works. It definitely seemed to be last series. So he's like, I have the authority and it's my duty. So I'm going to go with you. you. You can't exactly throw me off. You just say, hey, please permit it. So. And she's like, well, I can't exactly say no because then I'll be demoted. So. Well, it's, it's one of those things that's like she can't technically throw him off because he's her boss. But also but she's it's captain also of more, the ship. It's also more politic to basically ask permission to come aboard, captain. Yeah. So Lunamari had the chance to know who uh, Atherin and Kigali are, since they're not with the Zaf forces, and why they have one of their sweet new Zakers. I mean, they're valid questions. Yeah, especially all... since there's an infiltration mission going on right now. Although, like, at the same time, it's like, they're really valid questions, but who would be stupid enough to land in full view on the hangar deck? Maybe. In a damaged Zaku. Someone who wants to get close to someone with a suicide pistol. I don't know. Like, I know, like, as soon as it came up, Atherin says, lower your rifles. But for whatever reason, my mind filled in the subtitle with calm your tits, and I don't know why. (laughs) Also, look at Kigali's face in this scene. What what is going on there? I I think that's a bit of uh, uncertainty and concussion speaking. Hey, Uh, uh, get a screen cap of this, because I think this is, uh, this face perfectly expresses Kigali's role in Gundam Seed Destiny. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't think you're wrong. I, I I think you got it, Jeremy. So Atherin's like, hey, this is Kigali Yudo Atha, chief representative of Orb. I'm her bodyguard, Dino. Alex Dino. I, I, really, da-da, wanted... Da-da, da-da. <laughs> I really wanted to be Dino. I'm sorry, Jeremy, you paused it. Like, everybody's looking shocked, and Luna Maria has, like, closed her eyes. Like, because she, she's in the middle of a blink when Jeremy paused it for it, and it just looks so weird. I really want some guy in the back of the room is like, hey! Isn't that Catherine Zawa? Did they just control C, control V a dude's face onto everybody? Because that's what it looked like. Probably. So they lower their guns because this checks out. She's they probably once she again. Look at her face. It's slight, like her eyes are slightly off. She does look again. She's probably concussed. She definitely looks high. 
And he's like, I saw Durandal get on the ship. I want to talk to him. You don't know who I am, but I should probably be able to meet your president. Right? Well, at the very <laughs> least, the representative was hurt. Yeah. You know, I'm with her. Meanwhile, the impulse is outside trying to get its bearings. Ray is like, hey, Shin, uh, maybe what's not? This is being <laughs> stupid. Meanwhile, the Exus is definitely Batmaning on the side of the colony here. <laughs> and he's like, oh, well, I guess I didn't need to do this anyway. Sure, I'm glad I shot some people, though. Stella is like, hey, I didn't die. I'm going to talk to myself in the third person because I'm quirky. The Gertie Low, what the hell? I, I tried to that? look it up. The only entry I could find on it is Wikipedia on uses of the name Gertie. And what, <laughs> the, the, so the Gertie Low is called out as a name of a fictional battleship. Probably from this. There's not a link to it anywhere oh either. God. So <laughs> I suspect the only place it's ever used is this show, and I don't know. Ray has another new type flash. They've got the Minerva's combat code uh, validated. It's ready to go. They finished the paperwork very quickly. They had the parking attendant hole punch their ticket. All dock damage control remain on standby. I like that because it's the first time it's launching and they're not sure. It makes a lot of sense because it's been sitting there in the middle of this whole fuck up. Yeah. So it's like there could be something damaged underneath, especially because the harbor's down there. Yeah. So anyway, Atherton and Kigali haven't been through the battle or we're like, hey, is the ship escaping? Is the damage that bad? Assuming that they're using it like a lifeboat, kind of like the Archangel had to. And I do like that Luna Maria is just like, I'm not going to answer your questions, but her really is like, I don't know. <laughs> I've been with you guys. Yeah, why the hell do you think I know anything? So the Minerva is officially taking off and immediately going to Condition Red. I do like the flashes on the thing that immediately announced Condition Red. Yeah, no, actually, I really like those warning signals, which is a weird thing to pay attention to. But after how many terrible, terrible warning signals there are in Seed, I'm glad these are sensible. So anyway, there's an announcement for all pilots to get to the briefing room. And Atherin's like, wait, is this ship going to battle? And again, Arlen Mar is like, I don't know. Then fucking Gatomon over here is like, Atherin! <laughs> Atherin! And, and Lunamari is like, Atherin, Wait a minute, you said the eighth child! Eighth <laughs> <laughs> child! Oh darn! And, <laughs> and Atherin's like, hair. god damn it. Do you not understand the point of a fake name? Uh, meanwhile, Shin is now in a fight with the Exus, which is attacking from all angles, because that's what funnels do. And he's like, I think I'll take this one as well. I'm in the mood for dessert after that good, good three Gundam course meal. And you know, they had four in the first one. Yeah, we need four. And the battleship is coming around them once Ray goes to help. But it's fine because the Minerva is launching. And it doesn't look like it's actually launching from the harbor. It looks like it's almost dropping out of the colony. Yeah, maybe they had a special, like, ship immediately to spaceport for it. Yeah. Because it is a battleship. And the episode ends with the Minerva's takeoff sequence. I don't get the wings? Maybe for torque, I guess? I mean, I think they make more sense when it's in atmosphere, probably. Yeah, for sure. I don't get it either, unless there's something specific that they want to use it for, but I have no idea. Maybe and, there's solar sails. And I could see putting jets on the end of them, and that would, I think, make you turn around faster. Yeah, no, because well, torque the, if you only fired one or the other. But. Yeah, or, you know, you could use it to roll the ship to do things, but I don't think there's anything top or bottom mounted on most of these. A lot of the ships do have them, so I'm not sure. Anyway, that's episode two, and most of the fight is pretty good. It's also kind of exhausting that the entire episode is fight. Gundam Seed would do that sometimes as well, where it would have one episode to set up the fight and then another to execute it. But usually, but usually the there fight was over by the end of it. This is effectively two episodes of the same fight, more or less, and it's not over yet. Yeah. Well, like, there's no emotional investment in this quite yet. Especially because, like, in Gundam Seed, the first episode, it ended with Kira getting into the strike. And we got a lot of investment out of Kira and a lot of investment out of who Kira was and all these other people that are going on. So we knew what was going on. Shin, the new character, is like, who the fuck are you? 
I do feel like that opening sequence of Destiny gives me a lot of sympathy for Shin. Yeah, I actually like how they introduce him. I wish there could have been a little bit It's mainly because, like, the second episode, there's mostly Shin, but we still don't know who he is, really. Like, we've gotten one introduction line and a fight with him in it, whereas, like, I don't know who, like, I obviously know who this character is. I've seen this before. But we don't, like, have any character buy-in for him yet. So it's like, who the hell are you and why should I care? And if you do, it's for Atherin, who's effectively safe now. The Minerva is going into combat. But you know they're not going to blow up that whole ship in the first episode. Now, maybe he's going to get imprisoned or something, but that's not stakes to the fight. That's its own compartmentalized thing now. It's a little too much too soon. On the other hand, like, really, all the fights have been great. I think I agree it's mostly just exhausting. All right, so do we want to put something on our list? A cool mobile suit? I mean, we've got so many cool new mobile suits, we might as well put one on there. I feel like the Sword Impulse or the Gaia are the ones that make the most sense, just because I feel like those are the ones we've seen the most of. Or if we want to put those new gems on, we could. Or gems, daggers, <laughs> you know what I mean. I don't think we'll see those black ones again. Do we want to specifically do the black ones, though? Because that's just a kind of a paint job. Like, I feel like doing the long dagger, that's what it's called, as just... The one makes the most sense to me. It looks like it's slightly different from the big cannon ones, because the cannon ones look like they got two of them. That's true. The cannon ones are a bit different. Here, let's uh, do something I don't usually do and look at different types of daggers real quick to see. If Gundam Wiki makes a distinction between them, I guess we can too. So yeah, it's all one mobile suit. It does have some different configurations, though. So it's the Dagger L. We could do it all as one. I could definitely see the Doppelhorn being a different one, but the Dark is just a paint scheme, so... Although we haven't put the Dagger L on. Do we want to just do the Dagger L for now and we can decide if we want to do the Doppelhorn um, later? I'm not sure if we ever see it again. Is the thing. So I'm willing to give it the Doppelhorn as one of its alternate configurations for extra cool points to see if it ends up higher on the list as a result. Because those double shoulder bazookas are pretty cool. Okay, so you want to start with just the regular one? or I, I was including them both as Okay, you want to do them as one thing? That's fine. So if we're doing them as one, I think they're better than the Strike Dagger. I, I would agree. agree. Yeah. Do we think they're better than the Dual Gundam? I don't think so, but I don't feel very strongly about that. The dual Gundam is basically just the original Gundam. My problem is the dagger's only got the one head horn. Is that the uh, the dual Gundam without without the assault shroud? Uh, okay, I think they're a bit cooler with, than the dual Gundam without the assault shroud. And I really like Gundams with big cannons like that. How about the Din, which is a mass production suit? Yeah, I like the Din perhaps irrationally. Uh-huh. I like the Din a lot too. I think I like the Din a little more. Do you have a Strong feeling, Zach? Not really. I like. I probably like it more than the Din. So do we think we like it more or less than the Luxon from Buddy Complex? I don't, but I... I, I don't I'm like the Luxon much, Probably I'm partial. Honest. I'm probably partial to the I Luxon a little bit more. I remember what this it's looks It's very like. sleek. Looks like, I want to say it looks like a fighter jet, but I know that's not a great comparison. I think I prefer the Luxon, actually. Uh, if only okay. because that paint scheme is pretty cool. It's got, like, royal purple. So the Dagger L... All variants will go at number 23, above the Duel and below the Luxon. Yeah, makes sense. So that about does it for this week. Join us next week for Phase 3, Warning Shots. That's how I end this podcast, right? It feels wrong somehow. Join us next week, where we will have to watch Gundam Sea Destiny. There is no avoiding it. It is our destiny.
There could be some internal damage. It might not perform at full efficiency. If you think there's a problem, get out of there quick. 